Hey there, Multiamory listener. Thank you so much for being here with us. If you are new here, welcome. We're so happy to have you. And if you're a longtime listener, welcome back. We're also so happy to have you here. (laughs) Yeah, so we've put together this group of Fundamentals episodes that are episodes that we often reference in other episodes. So if you want to get kind of a basic foundation of our key communication tools or basic concepts that get referenced a lot, this is the place to be. So if this is your first time listening, you get a great foundation. Or if you're coming back, you can listen to these as a refresher course. Once you've made it through our list of fundamentals, then feel free to listen to the rest of our episodes in whatever order you like. Happy listening, and we hope you enjoy. That could be true for you, that like you mm-hmm. can't be in a relationship yeah. with someone, cohabiting with someone, unless they're in bed with you every night. But I would bet yeah. for a lot of people interested in, in polyamory and some kind of non-monogamy, if they were really honest with themselves about that question, I'm not sure you would leave your partner over that. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multi-Amory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about the fundamentals of boundaries. Boundaries are one of the most powerful and important tools for having healthy relationships, but it's one that is often misunderstood and misused. In fact, I might say it's actually the most commonly misunderstood concept that we talk about on this show. What, what, what do you two think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, people kind of conflate them as the same thing over and over again, like a boundary rule, an agreement. What are all these things? They mean the same thing when perhaps they actually don't. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, I, f- I found myself explaining it again and again to to clients and, and to listeners of the show and reiterating it. But to be fair, you know, earlier when we were prepping for this episode, I did do like a little bit of Googling to kind of see, well, what's kind of the mainstream coverage of boundaries. And a lot of the mainstream coverage of boundaries is also really confusing and kind of vague. And Mm, I think mm -hmm. surprise, surprise. Yes. Like (laughs) I think easily misconstrued as well. So I, so it's a little bit frustrating, but then at the same time, I understand why the term boundary gets thrown out kind of willy nilly about all kinds of things. I feel like it's almost like in a lot of cases, people have started using it just as like, oh, this is the hot new word for rules or like this is the hot new word for like relationship expectations Mm. or right that it's like, oh, oh, this is the word people are using now Mm. rather than realizing like, no, it actually is a separate distinct thing that as we'll talk about in this episode, like has pretty specific uses and pretty specific purposes that I think people don't always understand, which is why we want to do this. 
Well, and you all said that the last time we talked about this, it was like episode 67 or something or 68. Yeah, I mean, we've, uh, we've referenced boundaries many, many times throughout episodes. Yes. But the last time we actually focused on it was episode 68, which was 200 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I, yes, it was. I mean, I even kind of wanted a bit of a refresher because I was... We were kind of all trying to stump each other and say, like, okay, well, what about in this scenario? And what about in that scenario? Yeah. Totally. Trying to come up with the simplest possible ways to explain it. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, it's going to be an hour-long episode, so (laughs) that's the simplest way to explain it. No, but we're trying to distill down some, like, core principles. And then, yeah, like Emily said, sort of testing each other Mm -hmm. to be like, well, does that still work in this situation? To kind of see which kind of guidelines or metaphors or rules kind of held up to that kind of testing. Right. So I'm, I'm excited to get, get into to this. So can, okay. let's start out like at the very basic. Yeah, we'll just go piece by piece here. Okay. So yeah. everyone has boundaries, whether they know it or not. You have boundaries. If you're listening to this right now, you have boundaries. You just maybe don't know it. Or maybe you're very aware of it. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. has physical, mental, and emotional boundaries. Uh, professional boundaries as well. Sometimes people can have financial boundaries. I don't want to get too into the weeds there to start getting confusing right out the gate. Um, sometimes people use different language for boundaries. Sometimes people may call them deal breakers. Um, mm. I think that's what I see most often in like, pop site culture is figuring out your deal breakers around relationships. Mm-hmm. It's not always going to manifest as, you know, the thing that means you got to pull out the relation, pull out of the relationship or you got to not date this person or whatever. But sometimes it manifests in that way. I think often it does. Mm-hmm. So I think actually a deal breaker is not a bad starting place for, for understanding a boundary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of boundaries that are really common ones that people don't even think about mm-hmm. that they just kind of throw out there or that they just believe, you know, this is a, this is common knowledge in the type of relationship that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, someone in a monogamous relationship automatically probably wouldn't be in a relationship with someone who is sleeping with other people. Like that would be a deal breaker for them. If you're cheating on me or if you're sleeping with someone else and I, want to be in a, in a monogamous relationship with you, then I'm not going to be in a relationship with you if you're breaking mm-hmm. that deal. <laughs> um, and then for other people, they may decide like, I really need proximity. I need someone to be close to me uh, in, in terms of proximity. And so therefore I won't be in a long distance relationship with them. Right. And I think that kind of, you know, people will talk about that as like a deal breaker of like, maybe I like this person, but just I'm not mm-hmm. willing to, be in a long distance relationship. That's a great example of a boundary that we might not yeah. even think of it as such, but, but it is mm-hmm. um, some others that, you know, not to go too heavy too quickly on this show here, but some others that I think a lot of people take for granted would be that I won't be in a relationship with someone who non-consensually hurts me, right? Someone who's physically abusive. Most people would go, yeah, of course, like that's not someone I would stay in a relationship with. That's an example of a boundary that we we often don't even think of it that way. Or um, another one that could come up would be if you have a close relationship with your parents would be like, I won't be in a relationship with someone who isn't respectful to my parents. So, you know, you start dating someone, maybe you think they're really great and they meet your parents and they're, you feel like they're very disrespectful to them or something. It's that same kind of like, ah, dang it. I liked this person, but for me, that's a deal breaker that's another good example of a boundary of like, I won't be in a yeah. relationship with someone who does that. Yeah. So later on in the episode, we're going to get more specific into 
the distinction between boundaries, rules, agreements, other things like expectations, standards, values, and things like that. But the important thing to hit here is the fact that like boundaries are something that are only made by you. You make the boundary, you apply it to yourself Mm -hmm. and to your own behavior, and it's enforced by you. So this is in contrast to something like rules. You know, a rule is a restriction that either you place on someone else or someone else places on you. Uh, An agreement is something that two or more people decide on together, whether Mm -hmm. in the context of a romantic relationship or not. But the really important thing is that we'll probably end up saying a billion times today is that (laughs) boundaries apply to your behavior. They are about Mm -hmm. you. They are about protecting you. Right. Not about affecting someone else's behavior. Mm -hmm. It's probably one of the best tools at your disposal for keeping yourself really safe um, and for maintaining things like your integrity, your core values um, and your dedication to those things. Because, Mm -hmm. again, if that is something if a boundary is violated, then you yourself make the decision about whether or not that relationship is something that you want to stay in. It doesn't present necessarily an ultimatum to your partner, but just rather like, is it worth it for me to keep on with this relationship or is it uh, a violation of my core values? Mm-hmm. Right. So so let's get into actually talking about what what makes a boundary like what what actually is that? And so what we've got at, what we've gotten to so far is that it's something about your own behavior. It's sort of a. You could think of it as a rule, but only applied to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that often can can confuse people. But so the the metaphor that I came up with earlier when we were talking about this is, <clears throat> if you imagine that a boundary is like uh, like an inflatable balloon around you, like a big inflatable hamster ball, or maybe an inner tube that you're wearing around you, right? That's kind of like a, a bumper. You safe. Yeah, it keeps you safe from outside things. So say you have this boundary and someone comes along and starts to push into that, starts to do something that for you is not like an acceptable type of relationship to be in or an acceptable situation to be in, that then they start pushing into that. And just like a balloon, you know, your reaction would be to bounce away from them in order to keep that balloon from popping or to keep them from getting you. Like it's sort of this first barrier, but you are the one who changes. You are the one who moves away from that situation or away from that person to keep your balloon or your, you know, uh, inner tube intact around you rather than being something that's just rigid and people bash up against or something that you use to push other people with. Hmm. I think it's a really radical thing to be looking at yourself in these instances rather than kind of blaming something on someone else and saying like, well, you did this to me rather just, okay, this, what is my boundary? What is my value? What am I going to do about it in this instance? I think that that's like a nice change of thought uh, in regards to your relationships with other people and how you deal with things that occur within that relationship. Yeah. And I mean, for our listeners, I like beg you to be patient with us because we are going to get more into like some specific examples of healthy boundaries and maybe not so healthy ones and stuff like that. But for now, we're going to go through this philosophical exercise first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you know that 
I find the concept of boundaries to be a very empowering concept because I really like the idea of like, oh, I can keep myself safe in a way that doesn't necessarily rely on other people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. where I'm not at the mercy of someone else's behavior all the time. Like I can make the choice to protect myself. I can make the choice to be in a situation where I'm much happier and much healthier instead of just feeling like, oh, I'm at the whim of whatever my partner chooses to do or not do. And I'm helpless. Um, right. But uh, sorry, were you, did no, you have ahead. something more? I was just going to say, but to make a distinction that this isn't to say that boundaries are something that will keep you from ever getting hurt or that if someone does hurt you, that it's somehow your own fault. Like that's not the case here. Those are sort of two separate things. Like someone, you know, in the, in the example I gave, you know, to be real heavy about it, someone actually being physically abusive to you in a relationship, that the fact that they did that to you is not, doesn't mean that was somehow your fault because you didn't have like a good enough boundary or a strong enough boundary or something. The boundary is just about, you know, putting the power on yourself to get out of that situation, to, you mm-hmm. know, enforce, you know, affect your decisions based on what's happening around you and with the people around you. But this is definitely not to say like, oh, well, it's your own fault. Right. right? I do want to make that very clear distinction here mm-hmm. that, that um, you know, this, this isn't sort of some excuse for saying like, oh, you can't complain about any bad things that happen. Right, 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 right. So, you know, some people are clearer on their boundaries than others. You know, some people will be very upfront about it at the beginning of a relationship. So, for instance, you know, a person who's looking for monogamy, maybe when they start dating someone, they will be very clear, like, hey, I'm looking for a monogamous relationship. I can't be in a relationship with, like, in a committed relationship with someone who's sleeping with multiple people. You know, that's my boundary. Like, that's just how it is. Um, And I think about that, it's kind of like when you sign up for iTunes and it forces you to click agree or disagree on the terms and agreements. And it's like, you you can't get around that. Like they're letting you know, this is what the terms are. You know, this is what iTunes boundaries are. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you have to agree or disagree if you're going to get into a relationship with iTunes and what a relationship <laughs> it is. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> other people may not be as forthcoming, not necessarily for bad reasons. You know, some people maybe won't be aware of their boundaries or maybe they just, you know, don't want to come to a first date and unload all of that. And that feels more like kind of like some sites you sign up and you kind of have to go looking for the terms and agreements and kind of investigate what it is that you signed up for. I think um, (laughs) our previous episode on movies, on the mnemonic of different questions to ask a new partner is a good exercise for helping to suss out some of these things, a person's boundaries around certain things. Um, So Mm -hmm. definitely go check out that episode if you haven't already. And so again, if someone isn't upfront with you about their boundaries, it doesn't mean that they don't exist. It just means that maybe, you know, you need to do a little more conversing, negotiation, talking in order to get that information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, I will say, because this kind of came up when we were talking about this, that often you may not be necessarily fully aware of your boundaries or of other people's boundaries until they are violated in some way. Mm. Um, For instance you may not know that you have a really big boundary about people like looking at your text messages over your shoulder or, you know, going into your email and looking at your emails or something like that into, you know, until an ex or, or your current partner decides to do that. And then 
you feel something very intensely about that situation and it may become a boundary of yours. So just to kind of, yeah, it's not always like things that are intrinsically with you from the beginning of your life. And like, that's always a boundary. It can like change in form over time. So now to go back to what we're mentioning before, just to kind of clarify that is that the identifying part of a boundary is that it's something about for yourself, right? It's something that you all by yourself unilaterally can uphold or enforce, right? It's not something that involves anyone else having to do something. It's something that can be 100% enforced by yourself. So that I think sometimes people get confused about that and will try to call something that they actually mean is more like, I expect you to do this, or I want you to do this, or I want to be with these kinds of people trying to call that a boundary because it's important to them. But that's not actually a boundary because a boundary is just about what, you know, what are you going to do to enforce that? But what we want to be clear about is that these other things, these values and preferences and expectations are incredibly important. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in an ideal situation, you would be focused more on those than you are on your boundaries, right? The boundaries are kind of like that last line of defense, that inflatable hamster ball around you to keep something from getting to the point that it's dangerous to you or that it's unacceptable to you without you realizing it, that the boundaries there as that kind of a protection. Um, And so these things, these values can be complementary to a boundary, hopefully by, you know, seeking your values, you wouldn't even need to employ those boundaries or need to rely on those to protect yourself. Yeah, I think that's why we've we've spoken about them in more of the like negative context, like the boundary, as you said, is the last line of defense. So therefore, it's the thing that may be more the negative side of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. For example, like a value that one may have is that they want to be in a relationship with a person who will lift them up, who will encourage them to grow, um, who will be kind and uh, there for them. And so therefore, a boundary that comes out of that value is that uh, they can't be in a relationship with someone who like puts you down, insults you or verbally abuses you. So again, yeah, that's more of like the extreme example. But if if that ever did occur, then obviously it would be a violation of your value and thus your boundary. Well, right. But I think it's it's good to point out that the value is like, I'm going to seek out these types mm-hmm. of people who lift me up and encourage me and you know, make me feel good about myself. Yeah. There's still a lot of like gray area in the middle of just sort oh, of sure. neutral, right? It's just fine. It's, it's fine. It's not bad, but it's not great. You know, that you can focus on that value of moving toward the thing you want. And the boundary is just there as that last resort of like, if I realize I'm in a relationship where someone's insulting me or just putting me down, that's when I realize, ah, that's a boundary. I have to enforce this myself, which means to leave that relationship. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. to say, hey, you need to change because this is a boundary. It's, I, I have to leave because this is my last line of defense. Right. It's enforcing yeah. your own behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can also have professional boundaries as well, like I mentioned earlier. And again, these can also be complementary. So, You can have the same way that you can have like a value that helps dictate what kind of relationships you seek out or what kind of behavior you seek out. That's also complemented with a boundary that helps protect you from bad situations. And it's the same thing with agreements. Like you can have an agreement, but then also have a boundary in place to also protect you if an agreement gets broken in some way. So for instance, in my business as a coach and as a consultant, 
So, you know, a client and I have an agreement that for X amount of money, um, we're going to talk for 50 minutes of coaching time or 75 minutes or whatever it is that, you know, they've booked. Um, and so, yeah, so we come to that agreement that like for such and such amount of money, then we're going to come together and we're going to talk for 50 minutes, let's say. So that's our agreement. I have a boundary, a professional boundary that I won't let a session run longer than 10 minutes over time. And so that's something that protects me, right? It protects my time. It protects the value of my time. It protects my other clients from not having, you know, their appointments needing to be pushed back because I talked to this particular Mm -hmm. person for 20 more minutes. Um, And so, but that's my thing that I enforce on me. You know, if I get into a coaching session and it gets to like the 50, 60 minute mark, and if I'm expecting the client to change their behavior and to enforce this Mm -hmm. boundary, Mm -hmm. you know, that looks like me sitting there being like, okay, I'm going to listen, but hey, can you please not go much longer? Okay, I'm going to listen, but can you please not go much longer? I'm going to listen, but can you please not go much longer? Like, I'm not actually enforcing it. Maybe I'm expressing to the client that I'm upset or I'm irritated or I don't like this, but I'm not actually enforcing a boundary. Enforcing a boundary looks like, okay, we're over time by 10 minutes. So I'm going to wrap up the session for today. And, you know, maybe let's talk about, let's book your next appointment or, or, you know, whatever next steps are, Mm -hmm. but it's me enforcing my behavior. And my behavior is Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose to end this coaching session. And, (laughs) you know, it would be so ridiculous. Like if, you know, I didn't enforce a boundary and a client talked for like, 30 minutes longer than the coaching session was supposed to be. I had to push back all my other clients. It totally threw off my schedule for the day. And then I came to Emily and Jason. I was like, oh my God, like I'm so annoyed. You know, this person totally violated my boundary of not, of not going, you know, 10 minutes over time and they ruined my entire day. But like, if I didn't enforce that boundary, you know, that's like, then it wasn't a boundary. It wasn't a boundary. It was just a preference, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and I just threw away this tool that could have protected me in my whole day. But that's mm-hmm. another good example, though, that before going into that, there was an agreement yes. of we're going to talk for 50 minutes or however mm-hmm. long it is. Mm-hmm. So that, again, ideally, if everyone's honoring the agreement, we don't even get to the point where the boundary needs to get you know, invoked, right. essentially. It's just like, oh, yeah, we'll just do what we agreed to do. There's some leeway for things not to go perfectly with the agreement, but the boundary doesn't kind of come in until, until later. Right. And I'm also mm-hmm. not using that personal boundary to enforce the client's behavior. I'm not saying to my client, like, if you go over 10 minutes over time, then I'm going to be real mad. Or Mm. if you go, you know, 20 minutes over time, then I'm going to not talk to you again. You know, like, I'm not trying to rein in the client. I'm trying to rein in my own behavior, essentially. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing to point out with this is that in the examples we've given so far, our boundaries have been, you know, I won't be in a relationship with, someone who does this, right? Which it seems pretty severe. People are like, whoa, can a boundary be a little less than that? Um, and we'll, we'll get into some more of these later when we do our exercise at the end, but it could be an example of like, you know, I get very upset if someone yells at me and then a boundary for that for you could just be, I'm going to leave the room, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to stay in the room and talk with someone who's yelling at me. Mm-hmm. Right. That it doesn't have to be like, I will not be in a relationship with someone who ever yells at me. Do you see what I mean? Like, and maybe for you, that is needs Mm -hmm. to be, I'm completely out with anyone who would ever yell at me. Right. There's degrees, like you can set it wherever. So in Dedeker's example, it's not like, 
I'm going to drop this client if they go 10 minutes over mm-hmm. and I have to enforce this. It's like, no, I'm just going to end this session. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's an example of like a very minor, yeah. you know, minor yeah. and therefore I think easier to enforce mm-hmm. kind of a boundary. Yeah, right. Um, another one that comes up a lot in uh, especially monogamous couples who are opening up a relationship yeah, is poly relationships. Yeah, yeah. Is saying I need to be introduced to someone in person before you sleep with them. So like you can go on dates on your own, but before you have sex with them, I need to have been introduced in person. Like you need to bring them to meet me. And that like, as it's phrased right there, like I need to be introduced. That's a rule. Cause you're saying you have to do something. I'm telling you a thing you have to do. Right. And it also is, that's a rule. that's very easy. It clearly can be broken. Uh, right. Yeah. And there's a clear way they in can... the moment, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I do want to point out that that way of phrasing it is not a boundary and people will often confuse this one and say, that's a boundary for it's a boundary for me. No, that wording right there is not. Cause again, the rule for a boundary is it has to be something that you yourself can take action to enforce it. So if we were to rephrase that as a boundary, it could be something like, I won't be in a relationship with someone who has sex with people I haven't been introduced to. Now, mm-hmm. whether think that's, a, about whether that's that. a healthy or unhealthy boundary or not is. Well, think about it for yourself is more the question, I think. Mm-hmm. Is like, if that's the boundary version of it, would I actually do that? If my partner did end up say they were out on a date and it was just going really well and they ended up having sex and came back like, I know I'm sorry we had agreed to this other thing, but in the moment I really wanted to do this and it was great. Would you really right now just leave them over that? Because if it's a boundary, yes, you would. Or, you know, there would be some other way for you to enforce that, right? So that's, I think, a a good example of a thing where it's like, we want to call this a boundary, but is it really? Are you really willing to take action yourself to uphold that boundary? Or is this maybe something else? Yeah, because I think like more often than not, it would probably be a preference. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, saying like, I really prefer to meet a new partner in person before you sleep with them because it's going to help me feel much more comfortable. It'll make me Mm. be able to see them as a person, not be so worried about this like random human out there sleeping with (laughs) you that I know nothing about. It kind of humanizes them in a way. Yeah. But again, with the preference thing that like, if you state this as a preference and then your partner, again, maybe in the heat of the moment, they have sex with someone new and then it's going to be a huge falling out because in reality it was them breaking a rule. Then it's not a preference. Then it's a rule, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, something worth pointing out about rules mm-hmm. is the thing with rules is I always want to ask people the question when they say, Oh, we have this rule or this rule is okay. What's the consequence for breaking the rule? And often people don't have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. Be- and that's another key difference is that a boundary is always enforceable because you're the only one who needs to do it, right? You don't need power over anyone else to do it. It just dictates a choice that you will make about your own actions, like leaving that relationship, leaving the room, not living with someone anymore, right? There's different ways that you could enact that boundary for yourself. But with a rule, like this rule, like I need to be introduced to someone in person before you have sex with them. Yeah. I don't know how you would enforce that if that was broken, I'm really upset. Like if that's broken, you have to sleep on the couch for a week. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you enforce that in a way that will actually 
feel like that's good. Yeah. Which is why maybe this would be better as an agreement. Mm. Yeah. For example, saying like, we're both going to introduce any new partners to the other person before we have sex with them. So that's an agreement again, that two people make in the relationship together. They're agreeing. It's going to go both ways. You're going to introduce your new partner and I'm going to introduce my new partner before I have sex with them. I still have questions about that Mm -hmm. agreement though, because again, that like that, I, I get that like two people are coming together to agree. It still feels like a rule to me. I, I feel like that still has the implication yeah. that like, if you don't do that, then there's going to be trouble because we can agree. We can agree that if you sleep with someone without telling me your ass is grass, we can agree on that. That doesn't mean that it's like a healthy agreement. <laughs> well, you know? but, but, but I think that, that, that that's part of an agreement. Mm-hmm. Like that's part of any agreement, even if it's just like, you agree that you're going to pick the kids up after school on Tuesdays and Thursdays, mm-hmm. right? Like any agreement, it is possible that the other person will not do it and you will be upset and there will be fallout and you might be, you know, if there were enough of these, it might lead you to break up or something. This isn't to say that like wording it the right way or making it the mm-hmm. right thing will make it so no one ever does anything you don't like. Right. That's not the point of this. And I think that's why I would I would encourage people to use more agreement language because then it's like, Mm. Hey, we said we'd do this thing and you didn't. I'm hurt by that. Let's have a conversation about that. Do we need to adjust this agreement? Do I need to adjust my expectations? Is this relationship going to work out? Like this isn't like a guarantee that you won't have a problem is just saying, Hey, you, we agreed to do something and you didn't versus a rule saying you can't do this to me is like, well, that if you can't enforce that, do you see what I mean? It's like a subtle difference of like a rule is phrased as if there's going to be a consequence or as an agreement, it's more of this. Obviously there's a consequence, but it's more personal. It's more like you hurt this relationship because we agreed to do something and you I, didn't. I don't know. Sorry. I, I just, I think I'm too jaded by working with people who've come up with some really, really manipulative, crappy agreements. And so well, I feel nervous about just saying, just if you put the language of we agree that that makes everything okay. I that's what, and that's exactly more, what I'm not saying. I think it requires... May, may I interject here? <laughs> yes. Thank you. No, it, overall, like with all of this, I think it is really important. And like you said, Dedeker, because sometimes these agreements or these rules or boundaries can come from a place of like not being good to yourself or to your partner. And so I think it's incredibly important to do the internal work and ask yourself why and where these things are coming from. Because again, it may be because your ex-partner did a huge boundary violation and that therefore it became a boundary, like they did something kind of unforgivable. And so therefore, you know, I'm not going to do anything in a further relationship that would violate this boundary again. So for example, in this thing, you may not want to be like your existence to be hid from a new partner. Maybe your old partner didn't tell anyone that they were polyamorous before they started sleeping with someone. And then they just slept with them. And then later on, they were like, oh, actually, by the way, I also live with this person. Mm -hmm. And so obviously, like, that's shitty and you don't want that to happen again. So maybe that's why this boundary is in place. But I think it is really important to ask yourself that in all of these instances, like, what are my internal fears or insecurities that are dictating these boundaries that I have. 
So, so, okay. So as in like, maybe your boundary is that, you know, you don't want to be in a relationship with someone who hides your existence from other people. That's why it feels like a value to you to be able to eventually meet in person, your metamor or your partner's partner. And it's interesting because I feel like if you do uncover that boundary for yourself, I think that means that it's easier to be more lax on that particular rule that maybe when you realize Mm -hmm. that it means like, oh, well, maybe that doesn't mean I need to meet them, you know, every single time before you're going to have sex. Maybe it's just important to me as a value. Like, I just really want to be able to meet them, meet the people that you're engaged with at some point. Like, I want to be sure that I'm not being hidden from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I do want to be clear to to respond to what you were saying earlier, Dedeker, that I actually don't think this is a good agreement to have in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, like you said, more of a preference. Like, I'd like to meet them at some point. I think that, sure, why not? Like, I I would prefer to meet my partner's partners. I, I guess what I'm getting at is just that none of these things are going to solve all your problems. Right, just because something's an agreement, or just because it's a rule, or just because it's a boundary, isn't going to solve all your problems. It's more. I just meant it as an example to clarify, you know, what those different things could be used for, mm. and that maybe you would decide that's an agreement in your relationship, and then at some point someone doesn't do it. You might be upset about that. You have a conversation about it, and maybe as part of that, hopefully, you realize, okay, maybe this agreement wasn't a reasonable one for us to have. Or maybe mm-hmm. this, maybe not even reasonable, but just this isn't the best agreement for us to try to have. Let's adapt this. Let's change it to be something else. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a boundary would be something that's not like, okay, you crossed this boundary of mine. Let's talk about it and maybe reevaluate and I'll change my boundary. A boundary is more like we said, that kind of last line of defense. Your boundary might change over your life, but not because like, oh, but I love this person and they crossed this boundary. That's kind of what I'm trying to differentiate here Okay. as an agreement can kind of be renegotiated within that relationship, but a boundary is pretty fixed for yourself, right? Cause it's about protecting yourself. So I'm going to change gears a little bit and just talk about, um, weaponizing boundaries. Uh, such, such intense. <laughs> well, I see it a lot. And I mean, I think I see it in the form of like ultimatums, Because I think that is like the one dangerous thing with boundaries is that we can very easily lose sight of like, oh, this is supposed to be about me. This is supposed to be about my behavior. And we use it as a weapon to control someone else's behavior. So now the way that this looks is like, maybe you have a boundary that like, I can't be in a relationship with someone who's dishonest with me, you know? The way it gets used though is essentially coming to your partner and it becomes an ultimatum. It becomes, you'd better stop lying to me or I'm going to leave you. And it's a very subtle difference because saying like, I can't be in a relationship with someone who's dishonest with me. The enforcement of that boundary means like, I can't be in this relationship. And so I am leaving, you know, Mm -hmm. or I'm, or I'm deescalating or I'm changing this relationship in order to protect myself. It's about my behavior, my choices. How do I protect me? When it morphs into you know, if you don't stop lying to me, I'm going to leave you. It immediately is not about your behavior. It's about the other person's behavior. And there you are using a boundary, like holding a gun up to their head and threatening them and saying like, if you don't stop this behavior, if you don't change this behavior, then I'm going to punish you by leaving. And I think this is where people get tripped up a lot Mm. also with boundaries is because they think like, well, this sounds like 
a punishment or if, if it's like, I'm not going to talk to you or I'm going to go into the other room or I'm going to leave the relationship. That sounds like a punishment and it can be very easily twisted and used as a punishment. But again, like, I think that's why it's so important to check yourself that like, am I doing this because I'm hoping to change the other person's behavior or am I doing this to protect myself and keep myself safe? Mm-hmm. And if you can yeah. bring yourself back to that question, that's going to help you stay on that path of actually keeping yourself safe rather than falling into something that's more abusive or more toxic where you're just trying to like, you know, twist your partner's arm into the behavior that you want them to have. I think a clear difference there too, and maybe another kind of litmus test for deciding whether something is a boundary or not is in that example, it's like, you better stop this or I'm going to do this Mm -hmm. is it's like, they're still doing it. It's a Mm -hmm. thing that keeps happening and you're allowing to keep happening. Whereas if it were a Mm -hmm. boundary, again, it's that inflatable hamster ball around you. If they push into that, in this case, by lying, your reaction is to to be pushed away is to bounce back out. So your boundary can stay in place. Right. Whereas like an ultimatum, you tend to stay in it mm-hmm. and be like, I'm going to do this if you don't do that. Right. Cause you're trying to get them to change as opposed to a boundary, which is more of like that last line of defense mm-hmm. of like, Nope, I have to get out of this situation because that's, you know, something that I'm, I'm not willing to tolerate in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, Another one that that comes up a lot that Dedeker, you mentioned this before lots of people bring this up is um, the agreement that we will have unprotected sex with each other, but we'll use condoms with everyone else, right? It's popular to call this fluid bonding. Um, Someone pointed out to me years ago that that term is actually kind of shitty as a term because it's saying like, oh, these are somehow the only fluids that matter, even though we Mm. share a lot of fluids with people Mm -hmm. just from Mm -hmm. kissing or whatever. And so it's just... And it also sort of over romanticizes something that's a little more of a technical decision, Mm -hmm. but whatever fluid bonding, we're going to have unprotected sex with each other, but we need to use condoms with everyone else that if your partner starts to not do this or they don't want to do this, the ultimatum version is that, well, you need to start using condoms with other people or I'll stop having sex with you or Mm. I'll break up with you or right. Whatever it is, I'm going to threaten you to try to get you to change your behavior. Whereas the boundary version of that in this case doesn't have to just be breaking up, but it could be, I won't have unprotected sex with someone who's having unprotected sex with someone else. Right? So either I won't have sex with them at all, or it means I will use protection with them if they're not using it with everyone else. And again, you'll notice it changes from we to I, right? Cause you're mm-hmm. only talking about your behavior of, I won't have this type of sex in this circumstance, right? So that then they can choose to do it or not. And your own choice is clear without your boundary having to be collapsed, right? You're not letting them pop that inflatable balloon around you because your boundary is actually one you can enforce. Whereas if it's trying to just get them to change, you have no power to actually change what anyone else does. And I will say no one, like I have a lot of clients who ask about like the condom or the safe sex Mm -hmm. issue and how to frame it as like a boundary and not make it into like a controlling rule or something like that. And no one wants to hear this, (laughs) you know, when I tell people like, 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 like really, (laughs) if you really are concerned about your partner having unprotected sex, you know, your boundary is that, that, that is that, that you don't want to have unprotected sex with someone who's not having protected sex with other people. And so that means either you don't have sex or you use a condom, you know, that that's the most empowering way you can choose to go mm-hmm. the, the disempowered way and like rely, you know, put all the power in your partner's hands, rely on your partner to, 
you know, choose to wear a condom or rely on your partner's partners to have safe sex practices. And it's not to say that all these are bad people that you shouldn't rely on, but I'm just saying the more empowered way is that choice. If that's, Mm -hmm. if you really are concerned about, you know, having unprotected sex with someone who's having unprotected sex with someone else. I think something that's worth looking at in that example is the fact that that could, that situation could change over time. Mm -hmm. It could be like, well, right now my partner is having sex with this other person unprotected. I might not like it, but because I have this boundary, I'm going to use protection with them. But maybe a year or two down the road, they're now using protection with everyone else. And you can talk about it with each other and say, okay, well, this fits within my boundary now. Maybe we won't do that. Right? Like that's just... Mm -hmm. That when the boundary is phrased this way, it's about your decision making and doesn't have to be an ultimatum of like, we're through if you do this. We're through. So, okay, we've talked about a lot of things, given you a lot of different examples of the difference between a boundary, a rule, an expectation, all of those things. Um, So let's look at a couple other commonly said things in relationships and kind of try to put them to the test and evaluate whether or not they are actually a boundary. So the first one is going to be, uh, you have to sleep in bed with me every night, person. <laughs> person. As in partner person? Partner person. Yeah. yeah like uh, like my partner who I live with, I, you know, that person has to sleep in bed with me every single night. Right. So, so, they so can't what would spend that the night be? with anyone else. Yeah. Well, can't, as, can't as spend the night with anyone else can't like, yeah, stay over if they're a little too drunk. Like, no, they <laughs> they need to come home and spend the night with me. Well, as it's phrased right there, it's a rule because it's talking about someone else's behavior and what they mm-hmm. can or can't do, right? Yeah. I think the question I would want to ask for the person who wanted to make this rule is, if you rephrased this as a boundary, would you still, like, would you do it? And I think this is true with rules, because I think with rules, like we said, like you have to have a consequence if you break a rule, that often I think the default sort of unspoken consequence for rules in relationships is I'll break up with you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like with the the deal breaker example earlier of like in monogamy, the rule is we're not going to sleep with other people. The sort of unspoken expectation is if you do, I will break up with you, right? I'm not going to yeah. be with you. So if we have something we're tempted to make into a rule, I would ask you, would you actually enforce this if it were a boundary on yourself? So with that, with this example, it would be the boundary version would be, I won't be in a relationship with someone who doesn't sleep in bed with me every night. Yeah. And then if that happens, that may be true for some actually, people. Maybe that may be true. Like that's fine. Sure. If that's true about you, I mean, maybe polyamory is not the best choice for you. Maybe monogamy is a better choice for you. Cohabiting mm-hmm. monogamy, but like, that could be true for you that like you mm-hmm. can't be in a relationship yeah. with someone cohabiting with someone unless they're in bed with you every night. But I would bet yeah. for a lot of people interested in, in polyamory and some kind of non-monogamy, if they were really honest with themselves about that question, I'm not sure you would leave your partner over that. Like maybe that would be hurtful, but I'm not sure that that would actually be a boundary. Right. So it's kind of evaluating, is it or not? Yeah, Exactly. So let's move on to our next one. Um, So one that we hear pretty frequently is someone saying, I want to be prioritized with scheduling. Mm -hmm. Mm. So like, like what? Like, 
Like I, you know, maybe that manifests a number of ways. Maybe that means like I want to have the majority of nights a week with you or I want to make sure that I'm with you on all the major holidays or at family events. Mm. Like I've also heard this one of like, you know, if I'm ever really upset, I need you to drop everything and come to me regardless mm. of what your other plans are. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, the phrasing of all that doesn't really seem like a rule. It seems more like this is what's expected. Like you're, you're mm. expecting someone mm. to do this for you. Yeah. I suppose you could phrase it as a rule, but yeah, like in that phrasing, it would be more like an expectation. expectation. Yeah. 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 So again, I would ask the question of like, if, if this was a boundary, it would have to be phrased as something you yourself would do. Right. So the boundary version would be what I won't be in a relationship with someone who won't always prioritize me over other plans. And again, ask the question, like, is that true for you? Will you really not be in that relationship in that circumstance? Or, or I suppose you could try to lighten that a little bit and be like, I won't, I won't have children with someone who isn't going to always prioritize me over any other thing in their life. I'm still mm-hmm. not sure that's the the healthiest of boundaries to have, but you could have it. And if that really is true for you, like that's not something I would do, um, then maybe it could be a boundary. But I think often people will call this a boundary of like, oh, you always have to prioritize me when really it's not right. Cause they're trying to just get the other person to change their behavior rather than, you know, saying, oh, this is crossing a boundary. Therefore I have to take action to keep my boundary intact and do whatever, leave or not live with this person or not have kids with them or something. Right. Yeah. Um, Another one we hear a lot that's super common, almost to the point of being cliche is, you know, we're going to have sex with other people, maybe date other people casually, but we won't fall in love with anyone else. What about that? (laughs) What do you think about that one? I mean, with that phrasing, I mean, it's like, cause it, cause the emphasis is on we, then it sounds like an agreement to agreement, me. Yeah, just like yeah. agreement mm-hmm. that we're not both are doing that yeah. together and both not falling in love with other people. Right. right. I mean, and I feel like we could get into the weeds on this one of, you know, and we have on the show before of talking about how <laughs> realistic of an agreement that is or right. anything like that. Um, but I feel like, okay, I feel like with this one and also with the, actually with all of these that we just mentioned, like with the, you know, being in bed with me every night with prioritizing my schedule with not falling in love with someone else. For me, I feel like to actually suss out a boundary from those things, it comes down more to like, what's the fear behind these things. And maybe the Mm. fear is I'm afraid that my partner's going to neglect me, or I'm afraid that my partner's never going to see me, or I'm afraid that my partner's not going to give me the time that I need to have a healthy relationship. And so then it feels like that goes to something much deeper. And so maybe that boundary is a more general boundary of like, I can't be in a relationship with someone who neglects me. Mm. And so then of course it begs the question, like, is your partner spending one night away neglecting you? And it's like, well, probably not. Again, maybe it's uncomfortable. Maybe I feel insecure. Maybe I'm a little bit upset about it, but it's not, actually violating this particular boundary about how I can't be in a relationship with someone who neglects me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I feel like, you know, with the agreements that people make or the expectations or the values that people have, that can be another interesting way to access this too, is kind of getting mm-hmm. down to like, what's actually the fear here? What am I actually trying to protect myself from? Mm-hmm. And then actually make a boundary that's actually about protecting yourself from that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Okay, so we're going to take you through an exercise, a very easy three-step exercise as a starting point for figuring out what your boundaries are. And like we said at the top of the episode, sometimes you don't know what they are until a line has been crossed and then you're like, oof, oh yeah, that's a thing. Hmm. And maybe that's mm. been something that's been painful in the past and maybe I need to get clear about this being a boundary for me. Or maybe it's very clear to you. But we're going to take you through just this super simple three-step process. I really encourage you to write this down. This can be a good journaling exercise or just a general writing exercise to get, again, a starting point for knowing what your boundaries are. And you'll probably come back to this exercise many times over the course of your life. Mm, yeah. So the very first one is going to be figuring out what behavior from others uh, runs counter to your personal values. So it's a really good time um, initially to kind of figure out the lessons that you might have learned from like past arguments, uh, what sort of red flags you might have missed early on in, in a dysfunctional relationship. Um, an example, this isn't of me, this isn't my example, but it is an example, uh, is my father has a habit of always interrupting and talking over me when we disagree about something. So that may be something that you found in your past relationship or in your relationship with your father that, that continually like irks you or, or feels like a violation of something within you. So something that you need to examine and explore. Um, another example is my ex-partner often resorted to calling me names and using really abusive language when they were angry. So again, yeah, that may uh, be a catalyst for, a, a boundary that you want to implement in a future relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and then another one is uh, my coworker asked for a favor and loaded me up with a bunch of tasks that they were supposed to do. And so I missed a deadline on my own project by doing those tasks. God, that's, that sounds very <laughs> much like something that I've probably done in my life. I'm really bad at saying there. no. So that's a good thing to be aware of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being able to say no in the mm -hmm. future. Mm -hmm. All right. So then the second step is to create a boundary. And again, try writing this down uh, that addresses that behavior. So remember, like we talked about that boundaries are placed on yourself, which means they're not something that's expected to change anyone else's behavior. They're about your own protection and not punishing someone else. So it could mean speaking up. It could mean removing yourself from a situation. It could mean ending a relationship entirely. So, so to use those same three examples here, um, the, the first one of your father interrupting you when you're disagreeing about something could be, I will not converse with someone who repeatedly interrupts me. So, right. If, if someone's repeatedly interrupting me, I'm going to leave that conversation. Uh, the next one um, about uh, name calling or abusive language will be, I will not permit anyone to call me names or use abusive language toward me. Uh, or the third one is um, about the coworker, right? That uh, Emily, listen close for this one. Uh, <laughs> I will only accept extra work that still allows me to prioritize and complete my own work and projects. So then moving on to the very last step is then determining how is this boundary actually going to be enforced? Because it's one thing to say like, oh, well, I'm not going to let anyone call me names or use abusive language, or I'm not going to converse with someone who's interrupting me, or I'm not going to take on extra work if it's going to be an obstacle to me. It's great to say that, 
But then often I think people kind of get lost after that point. Like they say that, like, okay, well, I'm not going to take on any extra work. Uh, and then the only enforcement is like, oh, well, if I'm asked to do extra work, then I just get really upset about it. Or, you know, my father keeps interrupting me, so I get upset about it. You know, and just getting upset about it is not enough of an enforcement. There actually right. has to be some mm. action here. And again, enforcing your boundaries, it doesn't have to be dramatic. It doesn't have to be harsh. It doesn't have to be extreme. Of course, it doesn't have to be a punishment. It doesn't always uh, preclude leaving a relationship. But the important thing is just that it's consistent. It's something that you can consistently apply, um, ideally across the board. You know, we've talked about this in our Relationship mm. Anarchy episode of, uh, you know, it's maybe a good practice to not switch your boundaries or switch your enforcement depending on the person in your life. Like it's good to kind of be consistent to your own values. So, so some yeah, examples. That's... So if my father interrupts me or talks over me during a disagreement, I'll remove myself from the conversation until we're both calmer. And again, it's, it's your behavior. Halt. It's, it's halting. Yes. It's <laughs> yeah. like, maybe it's okay. I dad, I really need to call a halt. I'm going to go take a 20 minute walk and then come back to this. You know, it doesn't have to be, if you don't stop interrupting me, I'm going to leave again. Like mm. we talked earlier that that's going to be trying to punish the other person trying to control their behavior. But no, this is about your behavior. Uh, with the verbal abuse, it could be if a partner calls me names or uses abusive language towards me, I will leave the relationship. And that's one where I actually would encourage you to be a little more extreme in like, I need to leave this relationship. Mm -hmm. And again, it's less empowering if it comes across as I'm going to dump you unless you stop calling me that. Because mm -hmm. again, it's putting the power in their hands and you're at their whim to change their behavior or to not change their behavior. If for you, what's going to protect you is not being in this verbally abusive relationship, then that's what's going to protect you and that's your boundary. And with the coworker situation, if someone's asking me to take on extra work, I will negotiate an appropriate amount of that work or I will politely decline. So again, that's a, that's a thing where it's not even extreme. It's not even like if a coworker tries to ask me to do extra work, I'm going to break up with them or never talk to them <laughs> I'll quit again. My job. I'm going to quit my I'm job. I'm going to quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and this is also kind of a twofer where it's like, well, like I'll be mindful and I will negotiate and make sure that I don't just give a blind or you know, don't just say like yes and take on everything and mm -hmm. and not have any restrictions around it. Um, like I'll negotiate or I'm going to be honest and say like actually, no, I have these other things I need to focus on maybe next time. Yeah. So then you take this and you put it to the test. Like we mentioned earlier, can this be enforced unilaterally, right? Can I enforce this all by myself without anyone else having to do anything to enforce it? Mm -hmm. And then the second question is to ask yourself, if this other person's behavior didn't change, would this boundary still protect me? Right? So would leaving the room when someone's in a discussion interrupting me actually protect me from that behavior? Yeah, okay, I, I think that would, mm -hmm. right? Would leaving this relationship, if someone talks to me this way, protect me from that? Yeah, I think that would, right? So evaluating, would this actually address the thing that you're trying to protect yourself from? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, there is kind of a last little word of warning regarding all of this. Um, it is especially common for women to potentially feel uh, selfish, it, not just women, anyone, um, but you may feel selfish about having a boundary. Um, that's normal, but it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to have them yeah. and that you shouldn't think about them, especially in regards to your values and the things that 
uh, have happened time and time again in your relationships. Yes, did I agree? I, I, yeah, I just really want to drive home the thing that like I've seen, especially with a lot of clients of mine who are women, that just to bear in mind that people who were socialized to be women were often told like we are the caretakers and we are the nurturers yeah. and we need to put everyone else's needs before our own. And that makes it really hard to say no or to turn down doing something for someone else to enforce a boundary. Um, because, you know, we're kind of taught that like having that kind of boundary means like you're an uncaring, like heartless bitch to a certain extent. So again, like I think it's common that people can feel selfish having boundaries regardless of how you identify, but it's just something that I've seen in particular with the way that uh, we culturalize women essentially mm -hmm. when they're growing up, that it's really easy to feel really guilty and selfish about having any boundaries whatsoever. Yeah. So definitely be aware of that within mm -hmm. all of this. Um, and then also, if you have not enforced your boundaries in the past, um, and then all of a sudden you do start enforcing them, it may cause some tension. It may, you know, cause some waves to happen for better or for worse. So do be aware of that. Because again, um, you may finally decide, hey, I'm going to start enforcing these boundaries. And that may be a big uh, surprise, I guess, to your partner or partners. Yeah, I mean, I think... In contrast to what we were saying earlier, you know, a boundary is not about changing someone else's behavior. It may mm -hmm. still have an impact on someone else's behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, you enforcing a boundary, it may end up having an impact. You know, the the intention is always supposed to be taking care of yourself first, and it may but it may still affect the people who are in the relationship with you. Obviously, if you choose to leave a relationship because you're not being respected or, or being verbally abused, mm -hmm. that's going to affect your partner's mood and their actions or how they feel. You know, it's going to affect them. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's still just important to make sure that, like, you're the most important person in this situation as far as keeping yourself safe and keeping yourself emotionally and mentally healthy. Yeah. 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 Well, Woo. I hope that... Uh, I hope this helped. I know that this is something that we've struggled to find better and better ways to explain and to clarify. Uh, and it's a topic that comes up just honestly so much in conversations oh, yeah. I have with people in person and online, just this topic of boundaries. So um, hopefully by kind of going through a lot of more specific examples and trying to come up with as many real life ones as possible. Um, also, we would love to have you join in on this conversation. Um, in our Patreon group, we're starting a new thing of a discussion group for each episode as it comes out. So again, if you go to patreon.com slash multiamory, you can join that group and actually be involved in these really cool discussions where we get even more into this and people share their personal experiences and how they've applied these things in their own lives. Mm. If you want to get in touch with us, send an email to info at multiamory.com or send us a message on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can also leave us a voicemail at 678-M-U-L-T-I-05, or you can also leave us a voice message on Facebook. To support our show and join our private Facebook community, go to patreon.com slash multiamory. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Emily Matlack, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.